So the idea is we can, if we know that we have an issue with translucency, I mean, we can, we can handle X pretty easy. And if we notice that we have issues with translucency, we can, I mean, after we do more research, of course, we can all maybe uh, treat our breeders with a specific maybe mineral, some specific nutrients that maybe they are lacking or maybe they are weak in immunity. So we are trying to uh, first understand what ha- what exactly physiologically is making a, the hand delay uh, translucent health that, and then this will create solutions that we can apply the step before, you know, before, right. uh, I mean, to the breeders. So right. I think it's a pretty, pretty interesting research and um, has a lot of opportunity. A whole new era of communication in the poultry industry is coming. Now you have the brightest minds of the global poultry industry right in your pocket. And what's best? You can listen to all of them while driving to a farm, traveling, or running errands. It's never been this good, and it's never been this simple. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Ivonic Animal Nutrition. We are sciencing the global food challenge. AB Vista offers pioneering products and technical services tailored to the poultry industry to help them succeed. Adaseo provides nutritional solutions and services to help producers achieve their targets in high-quality, safe, and sustainable way. Your partner for improving animal performance, Berg and Schmidt. DSM, helping customers with efficient, sustainable poultry production. Welcome to the Poultry Podcast Show a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting-edge insights and everything that's working in the global poultry industry. Ivonic Animal Nutrition is committed to ensure food security and safety while reducing the ecological footprint of animal farming. Its products and services use evidence-based solutions that seek to promote animal welfare and reduce reliance on natural resources. All this is underpinned by long-standing industry partnerships and deep customer understanding. Ivonic's focus on efficiency, sustainable, healthy nutrition, and collaborations with livestock farming partners creates value for customers and consumers. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Poultry Podcast Show. I'll be your host today, Karen Grogan. And today I'm pleased to welcome Leticia Orellana from Auburn University. And Leticia is working on a master's. Um, looking at a very important um, topic for uh, the broiler industry in terms of hatchability. So, Leticia, welcome to the show. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So, Leticia, um, tell us about, um, before you got to Auburn, um, what's your educational background and uh, how did you get here? I am originally from Guatemala. I went to uh, Honduras. Under a scholarship for a for a my college degree, I I am a I have a bachelor's degree in food science and technology. Nice. And then um, I had the opportunity to uh, move to Auburn to do an internship to work in the lab in in the poultry science department to help with the research. And being there, I met a professor who gave me the opportunity to start my master's degree right after my internship. So that's how I end here in Auburn as a student in poultry science. Excellent. You never know where opportunities will lead you. So, excellent. So, in terms of your your master's work, um, your research is focused on um, hatchability and more specifically um, looking at shell quality parameters for broiler breeders. Um, we, you know, 
the table egg industry looks at shell quality a lot because that's important for them because they transport eggs and, and lots of things. But um, you are working at some, looking at some specific parameters in terms of hatching eggs. Um, so why don't you tell us about um, what those parameters are that you're testing? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm going to start uh, mentioning that here in the U.S., approximately 244 million eggs are set in incubators every week. And the average hatchability, yeah, it's a lot. And the average hatchability reported by the National Agricultural Statistical Service is 79.4%. So only 79.4% of those eggs are hatching. So that's why this this topic is, is currently a hot topic. So because we have a big room of opportunity for improvement, um, we know that a lot of factors are affecting hatability as environmental factors, upper diseases, brutal management, incubation. And, but my research, as you mentioned, is focused on actual quality and trying to understand. The idea of, of my research is try to understand um, how the actual quality parameters are related or are affecting hatability quality and also how this um, actual quality is also or may be related with inner quality of the actual. The idea of this is provide information to um, later create, do more research on trying to address those issues. For example, uh, novel management techniques or address those actual quality parameters through nutrition. So I think this research is, is a very good baseline for more research in the future. Uh, the, the actual quality parameter that we are studying is translucency and color intensity. So um, by translucency, I think you mentioned a very interesting term that I that, I, that was the first time I <laughs> yeah. heard, but I think it's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, yeah, starry night eggs. Starry night eggs. Yeah, so we I have heard people calling Translucent eggs are egg with, eggs with with windows, for example, or eggs with watermarks. So yes, modeled modeled eggs. I've heard that modeled, terminology exactly, too. Modeled. Yeah. yeah. When you when you have an egg and you use a light or you candle an egg, you can see how the egg shine basically, and you can see the the small windows that the egg has. So this parameter is more um, has been more studied in table eggs since consumers. They are, they think more like, I mean, if, if, if you go to the grocery store and you see an egg that, that is, that has a lot of watermarks and you immediately think that they are weak or they are not good or they are old, right? But old. this, bad. Egg, that's a bad, bad egg. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, we do not have that many research about how these, um, watermarks, these windows are related with hatchability. So that's the research that I am doing here in Auburn. And also, we are studying the, the actual color, the, the color of the actual. So when we go to the field, I mean, if we, I mean, I have, I know that some farmers work with, um, Ross, some farmers work with calf, right? But, right. It, it, I mean, it doesn't matter which breed they are working, they, in the field, they will see that there is a variation in the color intensity. We have some darker eggs, some lighter eggs. So we are trying to also understand if these, is related with hatchability, with cheek quality. Um, so this is, and we have, we have, we have found very interesting results. Excellent. 
yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting because it's something that we see in the field, and we and I think it's it's good to know how this is affecting or or not, right? Right. So how are you measuring sort of translucency? Like, is there a, you know, we, we measure light in wavelengths or looks or, you know, foot candles and then color intensity of the eggshell. I would, me- I would imagine that you have a, a measurement. So why don't you out- outline for us, like how, how exactly you're, you're, you know, quantitating what the difference is in that, that eggshell. Yeah. Well, there is not a specific, uh, I mean, no specific, I would say, no standardized method. Right. As like you, gotta a, come up, you have to come up with the standards. Exactly. We, we are working on yeah. that. Yeah. So because it's hard to count the windows or um, the, um, you know, the size of the windows. We, we right. will need something like a, an equipment, I mean, a computer or something like that right. to do it like a, a specific. So what we do, the way we measure translucency is a subjective method okay what we do is we have we have we we have three levels of translucency low medium and high and we have pictures of how they look we 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 have been trained basically on how to classify eggs on on the three levels of translucency and that's the way we separate eggs so low translucency are the ones that have very few and small windows medium translucent eggs are the ones that have i mean a medium, <laughs> a little bit more, but not that much. And, you know, so I have some pictures and actually we just published a paper with, with this, with these results where we have the, the picture, the chart that we use to classify eggs. And the idea is to provide to the industry, um, something, um, I don't know, is the correct way to say it's called something visible. I don't know, something. Right. A visual tool. A lot of people are visual learners. Yeah. Yeah. So in the farm or in the in the hatchery, if they want to see the eggs so they can compare with, with the pictures that we have provided. So, yeah, we use a subjective score. Okay. Scoring so it's a subjective, a subjective sorting method. Yeah. So in your research, you subject, subjectively separated them into these three groups. So then I would imagine that you incubated the eggs and, mm-hmm. and, measure, and hatched them and measured hatchability. So, um, did you incubate them differently? Incubated all three in the same same setting, same type of incubator? Um, how yeah. did, how did that work in your research? Well, so this research, we collected the eggs from a commercial hatchery, but we incubate them in Auburn. I mean, we have a very nice research facility at Auburn where we yeah. have yeah we have incubators. Small incubators, these incubators hold a thousand, if, if I'm not wrong, a thousand eighty X. So we have four incubators. I mean, I used four, I think we have more, but I used four of them. And, uh, yeah, so the incubators were the same brand, the same size, everything was the same. The idea was to have something more controlled because we can do this also in the field. Right. But you know, if we do, if we use incubators, um, from a commercial uh, hatchery, I mean, there are other very variabilities that we cannot control. Right. So for this research, that is, um, I, I would say half from from that we ha- we have half from of this research. We collect the eggs from the field, but we but we right. use our research facilities to to have the results. So yeah, we incubate them for twenty one days. At eighteen days, we candle eggs. We remove infertile. So we we try to mimic all the all the things that that are done in. In the in the in the industry, but we did it here in Auburn in our research facilities to have everything more control. 
now did you do a like a um a a transfer process and did you vaccinate the eggs like we do in the commercial industry like using uh like an embrex or inovo injection or you just we have an embrex machine but we didn't use it here in our market what we do is we just transfer the eggs i mean we we move we during the trans- transfer process, we remove all the infertile eggs and right. all the dead embryos. Yeah. But we didn't okay. vaccinate them. So infertiles were removed, just similar to what we would do in the commercial industry that's done with, with that transfer vaccination equipment. And then, um, so out of the hatchers, then you calculated um, hatchability. And between the three groups, um, what differences did you see? Okay, well, that's, that's we have a, we had a very... Um, I would say very impressive results. So in terms of hatchability, and this is, I mean, this is, this is big. <laughs> so in terms of hatchability, we found a, almost a 7% difference in hatchability when we, when we compare a low translucent egg with a high translucent egg. And you know, 1% in hatchability is a lot in the industry. It's a lot. Right. Yeah. 7%. 7% is huge. It's huge. Yeah. This is, yeah. So, um, the thing is, this research, I mean, the, the, I mean, the research that we did with, with the paper that we published was made with, uh, Ross breed. And you know, a cow and Ross, I mean, we have, I mean, we, though, both are from breeders, both, both, sorry, both are for broilers, you know, both are white. But the thing is, um, the genetics is different. So, right. the um, genetics are very different. And even like from, from year to year, the genetics are, are, are changing, you know, and, and the focus of genetics is the broiler side. So then these, you know, reproductive parameters may, you know, are not necessarily, you know, what, what's looked at or examined when genetic changes are, are made. So if you're, if you're aiming for yield and gain, like we do on the broiler side, you know, sometimes these things aren't uh, exactly measured. So between the low and the high, you had a 7%. And then in between, so if you had a middle group, what was the difference there? No, I mean, if, if, it, if it was not, you know, if the most dramatic difference was the high and the, the low. No, well, um, in the middle, when we, when, we talk, when we are talking about statistical terms, so the middle was uh, just between was AB. I mean, right. T1 was statistically significant for high. Yeah. So T2 was similar to both treatments to T2 and T3. So it was, it was like, we, seems like we did a good classification. Good. sorting of Nice linear. Yeah. So your research basically proves, you know, helps to prove there is a correlation between that, you know, eggshell quality or translucence or, you know, conductivity, whatever terminology you want to lose, use that, so that shell quality had a direct impact on hatchability and a pretty dramatic one. 7% is significant. And, you know, yeah. so we, we were trying to, to see, trying to explain what, why, so how, what exactly is, in the, is happening with this translucent X. So first, the first thing that we thought was like, okay, maybe this translucent X, this X that are like with a lot of windows and they look bad, Maybe they are weaker, right? And they are thinner, you know? And we measure the thickness of the eggshell, and guess what? It's probably exactly the same. This, no, this, uh, these no? translucent eggs are thicker. Thicker? So, yeah. Wow. So it was like a what? And we, so they're just not, they're, the shell gland isn't putting, 
it's still the same thickness. It just has gaps. So what we think, or what we, what we, I mean, we haven't, we we are still um, studying this. So why right. this is happening? And we did several repetitions, and we repeated again because we were like, what? So yeah, they are thicker. And uh, okay. what we think is maybe, maybe somehow the chicken may uh, may know that that there is an issue and is trying to make the actual thicker in mm. order to protect, you know. So that's one thing. The other thing is, um, is maybe uh, is thicker, but the de- the the density is not okay. Is not um, is is not is not proportional with the thickness. I mean, maybe it's thicker, but it's not. Um, it's more porous, right? Exactly. As a strong, yeah, exactly. It's more expanded yeah. than. So we are still uh, working on this, studying. We are doing we. We are using the scanning electron microscope to measure the different right. layers of the of the actual. And okay. so the idea of this research is understand, try to understand what exactly is happening. And and as I mentioned, this is a good baseline for more research and right. that we can that we can that we can uh, create after this. That's the story of research. You're making more questions. Yeah. Questions? Yes. Behind other questions, yes. So that's right. Yeah. So the thing is, one day a person asked me, "Okay, so what? What's?" And I think this is important to mention, mention because a person asked me, like, um, this person was from the industry, and he asked me, "Okay, so, so do you recommend to classify eggs by translucency in the hatchery, or what's the point of this research?" And I was like, "No, no, that's that's too much work. Yeah. No." So the idea is. We can, if we know that we have an issue with translucency, I mean, we can, we can handle X pretty easy. And if we realize that we have issues with translucency, we can, I mean, after we do more research, of course, we can all maybe, uh, treat our breeders with a specific, maybe minerals or specific nutrients that maybe they are lacking or maybe they are weak in immunity. So we are trying to, uh, first understand what, ha- what exactly physiologically is making at the hand to lay, uh, translucent eggs that and then this will create solutions that we can apply the step before, you know, before, right. uh, I mean, to the breeders. So right. I think it's a pretty, pretty interesting research and um, has a lot of opportunity. So then the, the second piece is you mentioned you were looking at color gradient, which any of us that have walked into a, any broiler breeder house, you see that color gradient. You can see from almost white to almost a dark brown and that, that, the, the color is definitely visible. Um, so what, what, what did you look at in terms of that um, in your research and, and what, how did you do that part of the project? Yeah. So actual color, I mean, it's, it's something that we see every day. Right. And uh, some people think that uh, uh, this is a, uh, Maybe because the light of the house, or because. But anyway, we will see variations in the in the in the color intensity. It doesn't matter how you how you how you have how are your house right. is built. So, the thing is, we classify X by dark and light. We used a colorimeter. So first, mm-hmm. we did it. I mean, we did it subjectively first, you know, in order to separate the ones that were darker from the lighter. And then we use a, a colorimeter, and we use the L value. Mm-hmm which is lightness. Okay. Yes. And yeah, so we, to confirm the, the differences in the, in the lightness and then the same process, we incubate eggs, we, um, 
um, did the transfer the same. We, we did the same. We measured cheek weight. Um, we measure water loss. We measure um, hatchability. We did then. We did. I mean, we we keep doing more research, and we also uh, were trying to see if this also have an effect in in inner in the quality. I mean, in the inner quality of the. I mean, albumin okay. and during right. the aging value. Yes. So we found that these darker eggs hatch better. Um, hmm. So the dark, the darkest the egg, the better the hatch, the better the weight, the better everything, basically. So did you measure like the, the parameters that you looked at in terms of the, yeah, did you measure like shell thickness and density in terms of the color? Yes. The, the darker the egg, the thicker the eggshell. So and we we try to you know we try to um, mix this and we we try to see if there was an interaction a statistical interaction between color and and translu- color actual color and translucency but we didn't find anything so it seems like we have to study these two things separately two separate parameters as, as a measure of you know in hatchability the thicker actual I mean, sorry when we are yeah. talking about in terms of translucency the thicker actual had a bad hatchability you know. Because right. the egg was high translucent, so but in terms of, of dark color, in, in terms of color, the thicker actually had a better hatchability. So this, right. I think, these are two completely, I mean, two separate parameters that we have to study, mm-hmm. um, um, different, you know. But right. yes, the dark, dark, the darker the color, the better basically in everything. Um, okay. One of the, the the explanations that we have or that we have been discussing for this is. Um, you know, when we when the egg is 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 formed in in the oviduct of the of the hand, the pigment is basically one of the last things that are on apply on the right. actual according right. to the literature, literature, literature right? right? So the pigment is basically the last part. I mean, that occur at the end of the formation of the egg. Right. So what we think is probably probably maybe uh, the pigment is is related also with the cuticle of the yes. of the of the actual right and is protecting right. better the egg is making the egg a little bit thicker you know so right. um we we are still going uh, studying this and i think there is a lot of possibilities that we need to clarify but i mean we 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 have come up with very good uh, very interesting ideas of what may be happening we have been doing a lot of um, literature review of to trying to explain things, and I think it's, it's pretty interesting. Again, when we are talking about actual color in fertile eggs, in, fer- in when we are talking about hatching eggs, right? This mm-hmm. is not a big parameter. I mean, it's, it's something that haven't been studying a lot, you know, because who cares about you, the color of cares? eggs? Who cares about the color? We just need them to make baby chicks. Exactly, exactly. Right. But when we are talking about table eggs, you know? Yes. Consumers, they don't like to see some darkers and lighters, and you know, variation in colors. So, they want so it genetics, all in, the same. Exactly, genetics in 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 terms of laying hands is, I mean, color. The color of the actual is a thing, but for 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 broilers, for breeders, this is not. I mean, this is not something that we have been studying a lot or focus on. So we are trying to see if this is maybe an indicator of something in there in the hand. So. Maybe it's related with the stress of the hand. Translucency also will be related with the stress of the hand. So, so we are working on that. And I think this is this research is a very good baseline for 
for more research. Perfect. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. AX3 Digest is a highly digestible source of protein with a low level of potassium, giving young animals a healthy start. Eastman works with you to accelerate your nutritional program innovation. Start your journey with us at Eastman.com. Natural Biologics is looking deeper to find the natural solutions to your poultry health challenges. DSM strives to bring our customers efficient, sustainable poultry solutions. From essential vitamins like HYD to next generation products like Hyphorius for efficient phosphorus utilization and Biofix to counteract naturally occurring metabolites in feed. Our portfolio is growing as we continue to bring innovation to the poultry industry. Visit dsm.com forward slash ANH to learn more about our newest solutions. So the next, the next steps, I would, I would imagine that you are, are designing, you know, sort of the next research projects in terms of trying to uh, figure this out. Um, So, so will you, um, will this get passed on to another master's student? Are you going to continue um, working on this topic there or what's the next plan? Well, I, I have been enjoying so much working on this. I, I feel like um, I, I want to continue doing more research on this. I, I really enjoy uh, working in the field, trying to understand uh, what is happening. Uh, I think I'm going to continue with my PhD and doing more research nice. on this. And uh, what I was, what I have been thinking is I, I'm curious about um, if the hand, for example, is laying, uh, if, I, if, if this translucency is something that occurs only eventually in the hand, you know, like uh, because the hand, I mean, the day before had something happened and right. the, in, in the hand laid a, a translucent eggs today and tomorrow is going to be normal and good. Yeah, you know? nice. I want to see. I want to evaluate if, if this is something constant, I mean, specifically, right. specifically on a hand or not, or is something that the court based on something that happened the day before, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, yeah. So we are trying to see that we, I also would like to go more in details in physiologically what is happening. I mean, I would like to work in some, um, take some tissue from the, from the, from the uterus and from the ovidus. Right. I mean, I'm not sure in what part yet because I haven't, right. I haven't gone through deep deeply in that topic right now, but I think there is a lot of things that we that we can that we can do with this topic with a lot of opportunities for research. And yes, so I I I want to continue doing more research on this and and come up with more. Perfect. Results. That curiosity is the uh, the generator of research. So and and you know we all we all take for maybe not we take for granted, but. We, we just <clears throat> think, chicken, you know, chickens will continue to lay eggs, but it is a very complicated process. And I think your research shows even how, you know, small, you know, visible differences in, in eggshell, just like the appearance, like the translucency that you, that you measured makes a significant difference in hatchability, like a very important parameter. And if you look across the U.S. broiler industry, we are down significantly in terms of hatchability. Um, so, you know, this is potentially 
extremely impactful research, you know, not that necessarily people are going to go and change their hatching practices. Like we're not going to sort eggs, but if you have this knowledge and like you were saying, if your research can backtrack to, okay, here's this potentially one nutritional support item that you could give them. And maybe like you were saying, how consistent is this? Is this, you know, one day a week she lays an egg that's like this, or is this, you know, is this a physiologic change that happens as she is a pullet, you know, and something happens to that shell gland and then her whole laying, you know, 45 weeks, she's laying that same translucent egg, you know, that, that would be, that's the kind of questions that, you know, that's going to be your PhD work <laughs> to, to figure out, you know, that, that, you know, is that a, like you're saying, is it, you know, during a certain time period, they lay these eggs? How, how does that happen? Yeah. You no. Know, so I was, I'm just going to mention this, but I was, uh, one day I was checking some buggies in a commercial yes. hatchery and I saw that, uh, the translucency is not, I mean, from the same flock, from the same right. collection, but the posi- according to the position of, in the buggy, the translucency of the completely trade changed. So what I was thinking is maybe yeah. maybe the the time the egg was laid also affected right. how the how what time of day. Yeah. yeah. So there is a lot of questions that I have, and I think and I think it's gonna be pretty pretty cool to figure it out what is happening. But, yeah. So it's a lot of parameters to measure. Um, and, and, you know, you know, difficult to, to track backwards in terms of, yeah. So you'll have plenty of, of material for, yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, PhD you know, projects. exactly. And also, um, I, I want to, uh, see the difference between cop and Ross because right. I mean, we have a lot of people who work with Ross, Ross, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm Rose. <laughs> Ross. Yes. Ross. Yes. And also with cop. So I think this breed, um, these breeds are different, and I'm pretty sure that we are going to find different results. Maybe uh, knowing, no, I, I'm, I'm convinced that in, in we are going to have, we're going to have the same results in hatchability, you know. But in the, in the amount of difference in hatchability, or right. um, you know what I mean? So maybe in calf the difference is only three percent, but in rats right. seven percent. So I would like to see. If, if this is a tendency in, in both breeds. So we are going to work on more research trying That'll to compare these two breeds. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that is, and, and it, it's even potentially like, yes, we have those two breeds, but then each breed has different lines within that, you know, it may be different within, you know, the different lines that we have. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be, be more, more comparing for you. Well, um, Leticia, what's, uh, in terms of the next steps in, in the current research that you're doing, do you have things that you're trying to wrap up to get finished in terms of supporting this, this project or, um, this research is completed? You mean, um, if I'm still doing more, uh, trials to evaluate this? Yeah. So the last, the last that I'm doing, I'm going to graduate in December. So... (laughs) So I, I cannot go that that far because I need to graduate. <laughs> but yeah, so we are um, right now uh, trying to see if we can do the comparison with cough. And so to 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 show um, to show the how how they 
this breed behave in terms of translucency and color intensity. And yeah. So you're going to re- so repeat the same study with, with uh, the other exactly. breed that we have in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, hopefully we will see you uh, out and presenting that research and or getting that published. And um, we appreciate your time on the podcast today. Really fascinating work and potentially helping us to the whole industry to answer, um, you know, a major hurdle in terms of um, hatchability. Um, Good luck in graduating in December. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on the show and discuss your PhD research next. I would be happy to to be here again. Thank you so much. Excellent. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thanks, Leticia. Leticia.